Welcome to the podcast. It's Stu. I'm back here from vacation with Glenn Beck today. Uh, well, what are you talking about? Of course, there's the massive uh, reaction to George Floyd's death. And, you know, that happened right before I went on break. Obviously went out of control uh, last week. We get into the reaction about it here. Um, Van Jones has an op-ed, which I'm sure you're going to appreciate. Drew Brees is going to apologize apparently every day for the rest of his life, and every family uh, member is going to denounce him. We'll get into that uh, for some reason today. Also, uh, Black Black Lives Matter. What does their organization actually believe? It's a heck of a lot different than what you're hearing on the media. Um, As well as uh, the Tom Cotton New York Times op-ed, which, you know, apparently you can just never be woke enough. Uh, we'll get into the details on that as well. You can go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn for 10 bucks off. In an incredible development, Stu Does America. We'll be back on uh, tonight with brand new episodes talking about uh, the uh, all the stuff going on uh, with the riots. We'll have uh, uh, basically a lot. It's been interesting to do this because, you know, being off, you have a chance to kind of sit back and not have to react every day. Kind of let it distill a little bit and we'll get into all the details uh, of what we learned over the past week as well as uh, you can check that out as well as the podcast you can subscribe here and subscribe to Stu Does America as well here or on YouTube check out all of our programming at blazetv.com slash Glenn the promo code is Glenn for 10 bucks off you're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program First of all, Stu, how was your vacation? It was good. People kept saying, like, oh, I can't believe you took this week off, like, oh, with all this stuff going on. And I said, this is exactly the week I want off. First of all, I don't have to follow every in and out of, you know, cities burning to the ground. And secondly, I don't have to tolerate three hours every day of Glenn Beck's saying, I told you so over and over and over and over again, <laughs> which I assume was the entire program last week. Am I wrong on that? You know I don't think we said that at all. Did we, Pat? Uh, we didn't say that. No, I don't think. No, he didn't say that. He no, didn't? I don't think no, so. I, don't I kept thinking to myself because I sit in this room and we have this big chalkboard in front of us that has all the presidential names still on it as if the election's even a story in this country anymore uh and it takes up two-thirds of the chalkboard are all these presidential names and now all of them have dropped out except of course for for biden and then only in this left like chunk is this four-step thing that glenn put up at i think the what was it the beginning of or mid last year i don't remember exactly when you mid last year yeah and it has four steps and i don't know i've noticed a couple of them I'd see if you if anyone else have, has has heard of uh, economic destabilization. Has there been any of that that has happened? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. pol- wow. The next one, polarization slash civil unrest. I mean, is anyone was there any word of that over the uh, yeah. tech disruption, which is a whole other thing we need to get into, uh, and then trust implosion, which is. Huh. seemingly already completely like defund the police yeah, like dismantle the police yeah. they're, they're just turning off really the police department idea. in Minneapolis it's a great idea yeah uh, so I assumed that was basically going to make up the entirety of the show so I was very pleased to be on vacation <laughs> to miss you uh, well, did we even go over that list at all last no, week no we didn't no we should have no but we didn't because that was like no. a central part but, of your idea as to what was coming over the next year you talked over and over again about how this would be the summer of rage and uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess, is it technically summer yet? Not quite. So maybe Not the quite. spring of Not rage would have been again. technically accurate, I suppose. But Well, I've been uh, talking about coming, a, a sure. summer of rage. I will tell you, I've been talking about a summer of rage coming for a while. 
Um, and, you know, when we got to 2020 and I saw what was happening with the Supreme Court, I'm like, OK, this this is the, this is the summer of rage. But I've been expecting this to come for a while. So I've been wrong always on the timing uh, of it. Uh, you know, I don't want to claim that I was right because I've been saying it for a while. Um, however, it, this is it, man. This is it. And yeah. I think you're going to have the fall of rage as well because of what's happening in Minneapolis. You, you have been warning about 1968 for how long? Uh, a long time, actually. And, I mean, yeah. we're past. This is worse than 1968. I'm no, convinced it's, it's worse. We don't have, well, we don't have you, the you, assassination. But I exactly think we're, right. we're, I mean, I was only uh, eight years old at the time. But, uh, I mean, I don't think there was the total division that there is now. It's just, it's no, so you, divided. You didn't. It is, it was divided. But what you <laughs> did have was you had some institutions that still people still trusted. They still trusted their churches. They still, half of America still trusted the mm-hmm. presidency. They trusted the military. They trusted the police. Right. Um, and so you didn't have that division. But imagine, I mean, imagine even having a candidate today like RFK, you know, one that really was providing hope and was a, was a good guy um, and, and shot. And then Martin Luther King shot mm-hmm. all within a, within couple, a couple of months, months from each other. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine what that would do? There is no Martin Luther King today um, and there is no RFK today. That's that's the difference, I think, is there were leaders of real hope back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and people weren't as. You know, people still believed in God. They still believed in having hope and the American way would would uh, would would uh, make things better i don't think that people think that anymore and i um i don't think people have caved in i don't think people caved in back then to the will of the left like they've caved in now i've, I've oh never seen i've never seen anything like this where everybody if is just I see, genuflecting to them uh, if i don't see drew Brees's children <laughs> and the people who are maybe are saving some of his wife's eggs at the mm-hmm. sperm center or whatever. If I don't see those people apologizing for the eggs from her or the <laughs> sperm from him, I guess I won't be able to believe that he's sincere. Do, oh, stop no. apologizing. Do you keep female eggs at a sperm center? Is that where you would keep them? I don't know. It seems like an odd title for a place that would seem like a female bad eggs. place to do it, too. <laughs> <laughs> that is unbelievable. And I it, mean, the, the Roger Goodell statement, oh, it might be the most oh man. pandering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, I'm a defender generally of the NFL. I, Goodell, I think, gets a worse rap than even he deserves. I mean, people I like, so hate too. the guy. Yeah. But like, this is the ultimate example, Glenn, and we've seen it a thousand times, where a CEO, mm-hmm. a head of an organization, looks at the, 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 the landscape and just says, Ah, I mean, what's the upside of of even bothering with the truth? Let's just say what they want us to say. Um, yeah. Like th- yes. th- that's like where he is. It's almost you can almost see the defeatism in it. It's like, hey, yeah, we were wrong. We 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 apologize. The, you know, the kneeling thing's fantastic. He's going to be out great. kneeling. Yeah. Oh yeah. He'll he'll be, he'll be at the first game kneeling <laughs> with Drew Brees, and they will both kneel during the national anthem. I mean, Drew Brees won't do it. What did he say? Won't do it. I, I, won't hey, do it. You, I, I have a veterans in my family, and like I don't want to disrespect the flag, so I wouldn't want to do anything yeah, that risks Wasn't that disrespect. awful? Oh, my what gosh. What a horrible person. Gosh, what a terrible guy this guy is. It, you take it back or we'll beat you to death. Yeah. Well, okay. No, I take it back. Yeah. <laughs> and my, my eggs wife. at the sperm center yeah, say take it back, too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
My sperms all apologize. <laughs> all million, all million of my potential children are apologizing today. <laughs> I think we should start a Twitter. We should start a Twitter handle that is Drew Brees sperm number one, <laughs> sperm number two. It's all <laughs> about. I'm sorry for. <laughs> I think he's only got two based on what I've seen the last few days. Uh, <laughs> there are not it is. Oh, it's, it is there. I, I read a story about how uh, these big businesses now have just declared Black Lives Matter the winner. Uh, and uh, they are all now starting their advertising campaigns to endorse and everything else. And I got news for you. <laughs> uh, you better hope that's the winning side. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, no. If you were smart, you'd realize they'll come for you after they finish with us. Um, but you better hope that's the winning side because you're taking the you're taking taking the side of the the rioters. Mm-hmm. I don't relate to you at all anymore. Uh, I don't relate to your product as being anything that I desire or want. Yeah, it's so it's so they're so hypocritical. First, you have so the, the, you know you see these protests happening around the country, and these super progressive companies like Apple who are on the forefront of saying you know we believe in all of this. You know they're the first ones boarding up their stores when a protest comes to the town. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I, I saw I, I, I saw one interview uh, last week. I think it was in Missouri of all of these kids that were saying, you know, we got to burn them all to the ground. Apple, Google, that's part of the slavery system, blah, blah, blah. And every single protester was holding their iPhone while they were saying it. <laughs> amazing <laughs> it's incredible isn't it oh, i can't take it's just it. i can't it's take amazing it. well, it's and it's we're gonna talk next hour about about uh minnesota getting rid of the police department there's a genius idea right. I, well that's the thing too and I, every once in a while things happen people give you presents and you just forget to write a thank you card the, the right donald trump in particular everybody who thinks anything that could possibly be conservative for the next 20 years, if you want that passed, should thank the left for running to defund the police. Because that is not what America is. You know, you could sit here and tell, like, they have had this uh, this media, like, landscape where that side of the protests has won, right? Like, that's definitely the way these companies are seeing it. But, I mean, you know, defund the police is not the position where the Americans are. <clears throat> d- d- dismantle the police. I, there, was a, there was a segment on CNN this morning where they they asked they said well if we dismantle the police like and someone's breaking into my house you know i hate to point out the obvious like what happens in this situation like you get killed and your stuff gets taken well i so you know it's this was her legitimate response yes i hear that loud and clear from a lot of my neighbors and i know and myself too i know that that comes from a place of privilege Wait, what? Not wanting yeah, someone I, to break into my house and kill me comes from privilege. a place of privilege? Oh my God. Like, these people uh, are literally insane. So, yeah. luckily, they're back the ones in the, leading back in the, the movement. For- you know, I can't stand this racism and this hatred. Back in the 1400s, 
You didn't have a police officer around to stop people from breaking in. It was mm. a privilege. Mm. You were a, mm-hmm. you were a king or a royal. They could have somebody not step in. You know, they could have somebody come in and try to steal, but they had the knights and everything else, and they could have that taken. <laughs> so yes, it is a privilege. It is as and I it's walk. A privilege that I think as I watch you with your guard dog walking around behind to... you. Uh, yeah, it is yeah. a little bit difficult yeah. to take you and your white privilege seriously I, as your killer German tell you shepherd is back there about. <laughs> to attack the, your, uh, another dog on your wall yeah yeah he is he's looking at that dog like isn't that weird i've never seen him do that he's looking up at the dog like what the heck is that it's Why a is flat he? dog <laughs> look at him yeah he really is he's into it that's crazy uno uno it's a piece of wood man piece of wood. Yeah. good boy good boy uh, and look you can no, have this si- situation where we can all call the police privilege and and that's a that's a, that's a society that could theoretically exist what it exists though with is a massively um expanded second amendment where people are are handling their own security this is something libertarians have uh, no. has pushed for for a long time it's something We've pushed that as part of the solution. I think I, I like the police, too. I'd like to have them as well. But we should have the ability to defend ourselves. They want to take away the yes. ability to defend yourself and have no police. And the police. Now, so here's the, here's the thing on this. They, they, they don't understand. What will this do? This will only create division that is larger between the, the poor and the rich. Mm. You're just going to have private security. People are not going to, they're not going to walk around and, and live in places with no police. If you don't have police, fine. You know, Jeff Bezos, you don't think he's going to have protection? Yeah. So the regular people will have their stuff stolen. It's the same thing that, you know, Rosie O'Donnell, she says, I don't believe in carrying guns, but she has people that she hires to carry guns. Well, the average person, Rosie, can't afford that. So that's why we have a Second Amendment. You can say you don't want to carry a gun, but I don't have the money to afford to have people carry guns around me. So maybe you should let us, you know, people down at the bottom be able to uh, uh, carry a gun. That That's the same thing that's happening. So the Rosie O'Donnells of the world, those who really understand equality, will have privileges that the average person will not be able to afford. <laughs> The best of the Glenn Beck program. A Seattle police officer is talking. Something is being shot by uh, this video is being shot by a city council person on the city 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 council. Uh, And, you know, everybody on the Seattle city council, I think, is mad and insane uh, and leftist and Marxist. But she's filming this. Talking to a police officer, and I want you to listen to what the guy standing right behind the police officer is saying in a bullhorn. Listen to this. For people to breathe. I need you to do me a favor. That is Take your guns, put them under your chins, and pull the trigger. This isn't a response that so protests I need you to kill yourselves. That's your only redemption. If what I'm asking you to do is tell me when you were sitting over in the... Go ahead. Save us the trouble what? of tearing you apart. And kill yourselves. Is that a threat? When is anybody um, when is anybody in the media going to start taking these people seriously that they mean it when they say defund the police? They mean defund the police. Uh, You don't believe me here in Minneapolis. uh, Play the audio of the uh, protesters on stage in Minneapolis and the mayor of Minneapolis shows up.
He's been marching with them, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then they turn on him. Uh, listen to this. Jacob Fry, we have a yes or no question for you. Yes or no, will you commit to defunding Minneapolis Police Department? No. Yes. What did I say? We don't want no this more is what police. You mean. Is that clear? We don't want people with guns toting around in our community, shooting us down. You have an answer? Okay. So that's what they're... Stop. Stop. That's what they're talking about. We want no more guns in our neighborhood. We don't want police. No more police. Okay. All right. Now, does this sound reasonable to you? Does this sound insane? Or quite honestly, does this sound evil? I want to read something that has just been mailed to uh, President Trump. He wrote, uh, this is from a, an archbishop in the Vatican. His name is Archbishop Carlo Mi- uh, Maria Viango. He said, in recent months, Mr. President, we have been witnessing the formation of two opposing sides that I would call biblical, the children of light and the children of darkness. The children of light constitute the most conspicuous part of humanity, while the children of darkness represent an absolute minority. And yet the former are the object of uh, a sort of discrimination, which places them in a situation of moral inferiority with respect to their adversaries, who often hold strategic positions in government, politics, the economy, and in the media. In an apparent inexplicable way, the good are now being held hostage by the wicked and by those who help them either out of self-interest or fearfulness. These two sides, which have a biblical nature, follow the clear separation between the offspring of the woman, humans, and the offspring of the serpent, the devil. One of, uh, on the one hand, there are those who always, although they have a thousand defects and witnesses, are motivated by the desire to do good, to be honest, to raise a family, to engage in work, give prosperity to their homeland, to help the needy, and in obedience to the law of God, to merit the kingdom of heaven. On the other hand, there are those who want to serve themselves, who do not hold any moral positions, who want to demolish the family and the nation, exploit workers to make themselves unduly wealthy, foment internal divisions and wars, accumulate power and money. For them, the fallacious illusion of temporal well-being will one day, if they do not repent, yield to the terrible fate that awaits them far from God. In society, Mr. President, these two opposing realities coexist as eternal enemies, just as God and Satan are eternal enemies. And it appears that the children of darkness, whom we may easily identify with the deep state which you wisely oppose and which is fiercely waging war against you in these days, have, listened to this, decided to show their cards, so to speak, by now revealing their plans. They seem to be so certain of already having everything under control that they have laid aside that circumspection which until now had at least partially concealed their true intentions. The investigations are already in way that will reveal the true responsibility of those who manage the COVID emergency, not only in the area of health care, but also in politics, the economy and the media. We will probably find that in this colossal operation of social engineering, there are people who have decided the fate of humanity 
aggregating themselves to the uh, to the right to act against the will of its citizens and their representatives in the governments of nations. We will also discover that the riots in these days have been provoked by those who, seeing that the virus is inevitably fading and the social alarm of the pandemic is waning, it was necessary to have to provoke civil disturbances because they would be followed by repression, which through legitimate, uh, which though uh, legitimate, could be condemned as an unjustified aggression against the population. The same thing is happening in Europe in perfect synchrony. It is quite clear the use of street protests is instrumental to the purpose of those who would like to see someone elected in the upcoming presidential election who embodies the goals of the deep state and who expresses those goals faithfully and with conviction. It will not be surprising if in a few months we once again learn that hidden behind these acts of vandalism and violence are those who hope to profit from the dissolution of the social order as so to build a world without freedom. Although it may seem disconcerting, the opposing alignments I have described are also found in religious circles. There are faithful shepherds who care for the flock of Christ, but there are also mercenary infidels who seek to scatter the flock and hand the sheep over to be devoured by ravenous wolves. It is not surprising that these mercenaries are allies of the children of darkness and they hate, and they hate the children of light. Just as there is a deep state, there is also a deep church that betrays its duties and forswears its proper commitments before God. Thus, the invisible enemy, whom good rulers fight against in public affairs, is also fought by good shepherds in the ecclesiastical sphere. It is a spiritual battle which I spoke about in my recent appeal. For the first time, the United States has in you a president who courageously defends the right to life, who is not ashamed to denounce the uh, persecution of Christians throughout the world, who speaks of Jesus Christ and the right of citizens to freedom of worship. Your participation in the March for Life and more recently, your proclamation of the month of April as National Child Abuse Prevention Month are actions that confirm which side you wish to fight on. And I dare to believe that both of us are on the same side of this battle, albeit with different weapons. For this reason, I believe that the attack to which you were subjected to on your visit to the National Shrine of St. John Paul II is part of the orchestrated media narrative which seeks not to fight racism and bring social order, but to aggravate dispositions, not to bring social justice, but to legitimize violence and crime, not to serve the truth, but to favor one political faction. And it is disconcerting that there are bishops, such as those who I have recently denounced, who by their words prove that they are aligned on the opposing side. They are subservient to the deep state, to globalism, to aligned thought, to a new world order, which in, will invoke ever more frequently in the name of universal brotherhood, which uh, has nothing Christian about it but which evokes the ideals of those who want to dominate the world by driving God out of the courts, out of the schools, out of the families, and perhaps even out of our churches. The American people are mature and have now understood how much mainstream media does not want to spread the truth, but seeks to silence and distort it, spreading the lie that is useful for the purposes of their masters. 
However, it is important that the good who are the majority wake up from their sluggishness and do not accept being deceived by a minority of dishonest people with uh, unavowable purposes. It is necessary that the good, the children of the light, come together and make their voices heard. What a more what more effective way is there to do this, Mr. President, than by prayer, asking the Lord to protect you, the United States and all humanity from this enormous attack of the enemy. Before the power of prayer, the deceptions of the children of darkness will collapse. Their plots will be revealed. Their betrayal will be shown. Their frightening power will end in nothing. Brought to light and exposed for what it is, an infernal deception. Mr. President, my prayer and constantly uh, turn to the beloved American nation where I had the privilege and honor of being sent by Pope Benedict as an apostolic nuncio in this dramatic, decisive hour for all humanity. I am praying for you, all those who are at your side of the government of the United States, and I trust the American people are united with me in a prayer for you to almighty God. That is one of the most stunning things I have ever read from the Vatican. Um, that is, uh, uh, you know, uh, biblical, obviously, in, in its uh, nature and its impact, and absolutely right. It is time that we come together. It is time that we recognize the forces of evil and the forces of good, and we stop playing footsie with it we must call it out by name with love and respect for all but call it out by name this is the best of the glenn beck program and don't forget rate us on itunes this is the glenn beck program welcome back mr stuber gear Thanks, Glenn. And one thing I was fascinated in watching while I was on vacation was my social media feed completely loaded with people making lists of, let's say, black-owned restaurants that you can support in these times. And, you know, you can see the motivation being pretty good there and that, like, you're trying to support these businesses. A lot of them had their businesses trashed or lit on fire. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, hey, support black-owned businesses in these communities. I can't keep coming. I can't help, though, to keep coming back to the idea that if you're making a decision as to where to eat and part of your decision making process is what is the skin color of the owner of the business? This is a bad idea that does not worked out well for black people in the past. And I'm thinking. So you're you're saying hmm. that having somebody make a list of white business. Yeah. White-owned businesses would, would be, be a bad thing. Would be offensive. Yeah. In fact, I would say, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, you shouldn't <laughs> consider the skin color of the business owner when you do business with them. Should not be a That's part a of the equation idea. in any way. That's no matter how crazy woke you, what are you, you saying? Just, just base it on if it's good or not? Kind of. It's crazy. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Capitalism is that, you weirdo racist? This is the Glenn Beck Program.